PJ's in today, too. Hi, PJ. Hi, Nick. Uh, I'll be honest with you. We're going to talk to Mike Cotillier in a second. I'm a little concerned about Ryan's uh, Ryan's stomach. Yeah. There's an, I'm going to throw his business out there because he knows what time this uh, this hour starts and he's not back here yet. He has not returned yet <laughs> from uh, the long trek that we have to make to the uh, the restroom, the little boy's room, and he's not back. Not heard a thing. So the concern is clearly going to be uh, so he can be up there for a while. Yeah, it's either the food or it's Sam Houston State. I don't know what's upsetting his Well, stomach. neither one of them's good. FIU and Sam Houston tied at 10 right now. There he is. He's making his way back. <laughs> Listen, coming. I'll be honest with you, man. I was just concerned there was a stomach thing going on. You decided that you were just going to have to stay up there, which, by the way, that's more important. If you need to, you're good. But you went and got yourself some coffee anyway, which is a really good choice when you're having a, Not feeling a stomach all that night. great, so hopefully yeah. I don't get you guys sick. But. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to power through because that's what we do. No days off for the real ones around Damn here. Damn straight. You know what I mean? That's how it works, right? We keep plowing through. We're here. <laughs> that's how it goes. So just, yeah, you covered your mouth good. We'll take that. I think there's uh, something going on around here. Please but anyway, <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, man, I can't wait to talk with Mike because we got the big Saints game, obviously, coming up Thursday night. But also, I got to ask him about LSU football. We can do both. Let's bring him on now. Mike Dettelier, WWL Radio. Are you okay over there? You're coughing? Man, I'm, I promise I'm okay. I, if you get me sick, I swear. Mike, if we're not back around again, It'll it's going to be Ryan's fault. I just want to point that out. This guy's coughing on, and talking about his first, stomach. I'm not the first domino. Don't tell you me might be the, the well. You're right. Scott Lynn's not here. His tum tum's not good yeah. either. Everything is terrible, but we'll not focus on that. Something that's been really great has been watching Alvin Kamara in the backfield. Uh, I love pretty much every Alvin Kamara prop that exists for tomorrow, just because it's clear he's going to have that high usage rate. He's going to get a ton of carries, at least a ton of targets. He's going to get these opportunities. The problem is, I still worry about the Saints' offense in general. What? What has gone wrong with Derek Carr, a quarterback for the Saints this year? I really thought that was at least going to be an upgrade, bare minimum for them. Okay, how long we got? <laughs> as long as you can do the entire segment. Feel free. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it just has not gelled. And this is kind of a carryover from last year. Uh, if you bet the under the last 12 games with the Saints, you've won. I mean, it's it's next tomorrow night would be 13, but they've had 12 straight under games. That tells me two things: one, their defense is damn good, and their offense is really struggling. And it's just not one thing. One thing you could fix, but their offensive line is terrible. And now you've got injuries to both starting tackles, and James Hurst and Ryan Ramchak, who will not play tomorrow. Their backup, Landon Young, will not play tomorrow, and they don't trust Trevor Penning. I think tomorrow when they're going to line up at tackle, it's going to be, I'm just guessing here, they're going to swing Andrus Peak from offensive guard to left tackle, and the veteran Cam Irving, who they picked up a couple weeks ago, who has bounced around this league, is former first-round pick, but he's bounced all over this league. I think he'll be their starting right tackle. So uh, that's part of it. The receivers, uh, and we see it, it's just not the rookie guys. It's the veterans making rookie mistakes, not running the, the proper patterns, not knowing what to do when you're supposed to. Alvin Kamara's really played pretty well, but, man, every time he touches the ball, it looks like a team pitcher on defense. I mean, yeah, you could take uh, a good nine of the 11 guys on defense around him. Derek Carr has been erratic, highly erratic. Part of it's been he can't he holds the ball a little bit too long. 
Part of it has been offensive line play. Saints have not been able to run the football very well. All that adds up to really not good offensive play, and that's what you've seen here with this football team, other than the Patriots game. And you've almost got to throw that one out. That's an outlier. They have struggled in the red zone to score. And five different times last week, they get inside the 25-yard line. They come away with three points. Mike, so with Derek Carr, is he healthy right now? I mean, we know he's dealing with this right shoulder, this chest chest injury. Um, we saw it in the Green Bay game. And I thought he was going to miss some time. And then he was out there the next week, and I said, maybe Jameis is the better option just because Jameis is healthy. And I know, like, Jameis couldn't protect a three-score lead against a young Packers team, so maybe I'm wrong on that. But how healthy is Derek Carr? And do you think that that's playing a factor in his, uh, you know, up-and-down play here early in the season? It's a good point, and I think it has. But I think he's, he's, he's healthier now. I think probably the next game he'll be good to really uh, up to snuff. But – you really saw the after effects. Man, all this TV stuff about, oh, he's 100%. And he's throwing great in practice. Practice? Okay, come on. Uh, Allen Iverson said it a lot better than me. Uh, he was horrible in that game against Tampa. Uh, I thought he threw the football much better uh, against the Patriots. And he threw the football pretty well last week against the Texans. But, again, there's breakdowns all across the board here it's just not Derek but man he has a tendency to hold the football a little bit too long that's literally what got him hurt uh, against the Packers he was trying to get the football to the tight end and he just held it too long and he got popped uh, on that thing but um, but to answer the question I think he's healthier today uh, than he's been over the last couple games would you look at this Saints defense and say that it's better or about the same from what you had last year there? I think it's better. Mm -hmm. It's as good a secondary uh, as I've ever seen with the Saints. Uh, with Lattimore, uh, who I think is one of the elite corners in this game. Paulson Adebo is a good player. So is Elante Taylor. Uh, Tyron Matthew, you know, is still making plays. Marcus May. Uh, they've got a good secondary. The pass rush has been a little inconsistent. They've gotten great play from Carl Grandison. Now, again, not a lot of people know about Carl, but the Saints just signed him up to a new long-term contract. He's a player. I mean, he's been really their best front defensive player all season long has been Carl Grandison. He's played great, but I really think this team defensively has more depth and more talent than they did a year ago. This was a good defense down the stretch and has played pretty good this year, really. Uh, the first half against the Texans, they got gashed. Uh, and I was shocked at this, of how the Texans were able to run the football. In the second half, nothing. They slammed the door on that. They only gave up three points. But, come on, when you can't score 21 points in a game, uh, you know, it's, it's just frustrating to watch this offense week in week out uh, kind of throw away great defensive efforts because when you can hold your opponents uh, to 21 points or under you should win in this league they aren't getting it done it's not that they didn't move the football they had over 20, 420 yards stole offense can't score in the red zone 
Mike, when you look at the, uh, you know, you look at the NFC South though, and the Saints are still the favorites. They're plus 140 as far as the betting market over at BetMGM. Atlanta's plus 185. Tampa Bay's in first place right now. They're coming off a loss, but they're plus 220. And then nobody's going to pick the Panthers. I don't know that they win a game this no. season. Would you still, if you were going to make a bet or just make a prediction, would you still go with the Saints to win the South, or is it maybe Tampa or Atlanta that scares you more? No. Uh the team that's the biggest shock, and I think everybody could would say it, Tampa. How well Mayfield has played. Baker, and uh, they, they played much better on offense than anybody would have imagined. We all knew how good they could be on defense. They got talent there. Uh, they got eight former either first-round pick or second-round picks on defense. They can play defense. Biggest question mark was, could Baker turn the engine over on the car? And until he met up with the Lions, he did a really good job. But a lot of quarterbacks are going to find out it ain't going to be easy against Detroit. I would pick the Saints. I think it would not shock me to see a nine-win team uh, win the NFC South. All this stuff about a wild-card team coming from here, come on. That's not happening. The NFC South winner is going to be the only uh, team that gets in from the NFC South. I think it's between Saints Bucks. Yeah, and the Saint, or the Bucks are certainly a team that's uh, I think been one of the early surprises this year in the NFL. Talking to Mike Dettelier, Bet MGM tonight. Uh, I don't know whether maybe you've heard more down there. I'm sure it's something that's a major topic that you guys have had throughout the week. Trevor Lawrence sprained left knee. Of course, we're going to hear, "Oh yeah, we really believe he's going to play." Yeah, I think he's going to be out there. C.J. Beathard, the backup, saying it. You don't expect teams to tip their cards this early in the week. But what does your gut tell you? Do you think Trevor Lawrence plays in this game? And he's one tough dude. Uh, mm-hmm. It would not surprise me. Now, I wouldn't. Okay, the Saints aren't an AFC team. They're an NFC team. They have they have had trouble scoring. I look at that offensive line without their two starting tackles and their backup tackle. <laughs> um, and I look at it this way. I think the Jaguars run through the uh, Travis Etienne train. Uh, he's the he's the straw that turns the drink for them. As a runner and a receiver, they run him out the Wildcat. Terrific receiver coming out the backfield. And um, Louisiana guy, you know, uh, he's, he's back home in Louisiana for this game. I saw him so many times in high school at Jennings High School. He was the best running back in the state of Louisiana that year. And uh, Les Miles had his eyes on Cam Akers, who was an outstanding prep quarterback in Mississippi that they were going to turn into a running back. And all of a sudden, Les gets fired. Um, coaching staff changes. Who knew if Coach O was going to stay or not? That time looked to be maybe Tom Herman, and Cam decides to go to Florida State. And Travis says, man, listen, I don't, I ain't feeling no love for LSU. I'm going to Clemson. That's a great career there. So just a gut feeling tells me that Trevor might try this tomorrow. Now, he's, he's a tough guy. But if I were Jacksonville, I wouldn't do it. Only because they're not an AFC team, and I think I could maybe hang with this Saints team with all the injuries they have across the board, and their offense has just been inept most of the year. Mike, do you trust Georgia again this season? I mean, the Brock Bowers injury is really tough. You know, I liked LSU coming into the season, but they got a couple losses. One of them's non-con, but they got some big games still coming up too with Bama and obviously A&M to close out the season November 25th, but... It's like funny because we talk about the Pac-12. Pac-12 has been really exciting this year. The ACC still has North Carolina and Florida State unbeaten. Big Ten has three unbeaten teams. And then the SEC, you know, it's almost like a down year, even though these are all really good teams still. What do you think about Georgia this year? Are they going to be able to uh, three-peat? 
I think they certainly get to the SEC championship game with that schedule. Yeah. Um, I always felt if you're going to catch Georgia, you're going to catch them early. Because once Carson Beck and that defense got a little bit of experience, uh, they were going to be a tough out. Now, Brock Bowers, how quickly he can return is going to be the key. Because if he's back for late in the year in SEC championship game, then they're, they're really tough out, really. Because Auburn had him by the teriyaki. They let him yeah. loose. They had him and, and, and could not finish the deal. And then and next week, everybody made the big deal about Kentucky, Kentucky. And they found out just how bad Georgia was. Man, Georgia took a belt out and spanked them every which way but loose. I always felt if you were going to catch Georgia, it had to be early in the season. Because the more they played together, that unit with a lot of young kids, but, man, they are loaded across the board. They're not as good as they were in 2021 or 2022, but they're very talented in a really strange year of college football where, my opinion is, I think Michigan's the best team in college football. Same. Same. I, I think Michigan's the best team in college football today. Now, I'd love to see that Michigan-Georgia game sort of straighten out. And we'll find out a little bit about Penn State this weekend. Uh, James Franklin, he hasn't won these type of games in the past. And can he do it on the road against the Buckeyes? But I think Michigan's the best team in college football. uh, But Georgia is still good, still really good. Depending on the health of Brock Bowers, I still think they have a shot to win a national championship. There's no question. A lot of people certainly love Michigan this year. And, uh, I mean, Harbaugh himself has even talked about how good this team is and J.J. McCarthy, a quarterback. Mike Dettillier, WWL Radio, New Orleans, SaintsReport.com. Really appreciate you coming on with us, man. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Thanks a lot, guys. Hey, two things always come into play here. The Saints on the under, and you can't put a line high enough for LSU to go over. No, you're right. offense is so good, and yeah. their defense is so bad. Yeah, you're right. They, they hit the over straight. for me last week, and I'll probably do the same damn thing straight, again, Mike. So Thanks, right Mike. There Thanks, man. Yeah, they score a bunch. All right, guys. Y'all take care. You know, fun fact about me. I was actually born in New Orleans. Were you? Yeah, well, just outside. Metairie, Louisiana. Wow. Yeah. I was three when I moved, though. I think I saw my first boots there, though, at Mardi Gras, from what I remember. I was three, but I have a vague picture of they it They were my head. first boots. But I saw... they would say go Tigers. I saw a lot of boots. <laughs> yeah. Every time I go. That's, that's what Mardi Gras is all about, right? Point, right? <laughs> that's, that's usually how it goes every single time, right? All right, we look ahead to some survivor potential picks. Maybe some teams that you like. Maybe some risky ones if you want to save the good okay. teams for later and stay alive. We all take a little risk on this show. Why not? It's Bet MG on the night. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. 17-10 FIU over Sam Houston. 13-23 to go. 3-4 versus 0-6, guys. Sam Houston minus 5.5 is looking a little bit... Oh, why? A little, a little scary. We score here. There you go. I like the attitude. I mean, they need a touchdown, man. I'll tell you, I do kind of like the spot we're in where we're down a full touchdown, to be honest, and not like down four, down three, because not only was an 0-6 football team favored in this game, but we also laid anywhere from four and a half to five and a half points, depending when you got this number, too. So we need to win with some margin, 
If we got to go to overtime to do so, I'm fine with it. We got to pick oh. up this first down. Oh. Take it to the house. Take it to the house. There we go. Peace. There you I go. I hope that's not OPI, though, because it was good. one of those. We're plays. Gooch. I think we're Gucci so. on that one. My concern if Let's go. like they keep trading scores, would Sam Houston go for the win, go for two, or would they play for overtime? And now we still got 1244 to go, but they're an 0-6 football team looking for their first victory yeah, and conference victory. I, I feel know. like you send that game to overtime because you're favored in the game. I feel like I only take the two. I only do, as I like to call it, the Ravens, the Harbaugh. Lamar, you want to go for the win? I only do that if I'm a dog in the game. If I'm favored and I'm yeah, at home, agreed. I'm usually probably – Going to going to overtime in college. Well, in the yeah, NFL, it's I mean, different because you won't touch the ball. A good chance. If right. Penn State has that opportunity Saturday, do they go for it or do they play for overtime? Well, I hope they go for it because if they go to overtime, then my under is <laughs> dead. <laughs> true. Although now we only get the three overtime. Well, yeah, it's probably still dead. I can't wait for that game. I know it's gonna be good. It's gonna be so electric, guys. Do you like the noon kickoff for Penn State? I and, do. Uh, Ohio State. So I like. I like. I'll out. be honest with you. When you have these big matchups in college football, I don't want to wait. You just want to get it I really want to get it started. Like, yeah. I want noon because it leads up. I'll watch, like, college game day, big noon kickoff, a little bit of both. And then I want to get right to the games. It's like last week, I could I could deal with 3.30. Just sit around and wait for those games again. It was a pouring rain oh, game, where we man. are here. The East Coast, we've just had rain every single weekend, every single Saturday. I'm getting sick of it, even though it is nice because it makes it easier to not feel so bad about yourself sitting on the couch. Though I will say by Monday, you're like, I sat on the couch all weekend. This is not not good. But I'd rather have the game start right away. I want to roll right into it because we had so many of those games last week where, yeah, you had a bunch of top 25 teams up again and just massive favorites. It's like you know how these are going to go, except Alabama-Arkansas, who you're – don't worry, they pulled it out and we're, we're you know – That's why at Arkansas plus 19. I, I, and you know what? You That was the smart play. But it's like – I know my I team. Don't, I, I just don't want to wait. I'm going to wait. I'd rather just have – and again, it doesn't mean that you want to have – horrible games at 7 o'clock Eastern and all that. I want to at least have something at the beginning and something in the evening. Now, I know there's the Hawaii 11 or midnight or, like, there's all that. I'm not... That's not the same as it used to be, no, dude. I don't even not. I don't even do the Hawaii 11 midnight anymore. I couldn't. I, am, I just couldn't do it, man. I am beat by College the t- football takes too long as it is. Well, the last thing I'm going to do is stay up till 4 a.m. watching a Hawaii game. My issue is I bet, like, 25 sides in total, so by the time 11 p.m., like, you are, even if you had a winning day, you're, you're like Rocky. Spent. You're like, you know, like, you just wrong. beat the hell, no, dude. You're right. Because everything is a sweat. You got a 21-point, you know, lead, you lose. You're down 21, you win. Nothing makes any sense. It's crazy. It really is. I'm really happy this week in the NFL that the London game is not a thing. I need to sleep. Yeah. The only good part about living on – there's a plenty. I'm not going to lie. I'm uh, The East Coast is growing on me a little bit, guys. But I don't like – I actually like the 1 p.m. kickoff rather than the noon because mm-hmm. um, spo- we work a lot, and we work, like, long nights, and I sleep maybe, like, two hours – and so Sunday is the only day where I could look forward to spending time in my bed past 8 a.m., not yeah. getting Nathan to school, even Saturday mornings because I'm doing the Becky L tailgate to kickoff, which, check it out, 9 a.m., of course. There you go. But uh, So it's the only day where I could sleep more than, like, six hours. So the noon game, or the London game, I'm sorry, has been killing me. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. We've, we've done a few. We got the Frankfurt-Germany games coming up, though, in November, so get ready for that. I don't yeah. know what time those start, though. And I don't I'm not, know their like, time zone. Yeah, I'm not complaining. These are first-world problems, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, but, like, I, I think they're, <laughs> they're starting to add a lot more of these international games. and it's Well, you, you saw the reports of what they're considering, right? What? Thinking about a Super Bowl in London. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that either. No. Is I, that what they're thinking? Yeah. I Listen, they've been. you know they've been talking about this for years, having a team in London. I'm out on that. No. I've 
for many years I've had I've I've pointed out the logistics of how stupid that is from just something as simple as trying to attract free agents to London. We'll start with that and then go from there. Good luck. It's not going to happen. But on top of that, I I get it. And the NFL the NFL has maximized their income in the U.S. and they know that everybody here that watches football is only going to continue to watch football. They're going to keep betting on it. Sports betting has made the NFL even more popular. But you know where there is? There's a whole other market and billions of billions of dollars in Germany, in England, in wherever else you want to expand and you want to give it a shot. And that's what the NFL is going to try to do next. I don't want a a game in London. It feels kind of disrespectful to all the fans that have dedicated time and energy maybe going to games too throughout the year to then know that if you really want to go see your team play you got to travel all the way to london for the biggest game in american sports yeah it just doesn't make any sense it, it's it'd make it too difficult you're gonna you're gonna kill even more the atmosphere is already corporate as hell at a super bowl yeah but it's only going to be yeah. even more of that because every fan from the u.s you got to pay big dollars to go all the way over there and fly it ain't cheap my criteria for hosting a super bowl there's two requirements mm-hmm. right one, um, warm weather city. Amen. And then the second one would be um, you need a roof because even Good the, job. even the Super Bowl. Good job. Do it again. The roof. Yes. Yeah, I've, I always say My roof man. right. You know, like sometimes at 11 p.m. when I'm talking, <laughs> when I'm just talking slang, you know, then it comes out. But it's always roof. I think I, I think it's happened like one time anyway. I don't usually call out your accent. I just felt like it gonna, was, I gonna, was actually complimenting start, you on your good work I'm going to start today. taking notes around here when, when, when people say <laughs> whoa, wrong whoa, whoa. things. People? Not you. People? Yeah. Anyway. Let's pump the brakes here. Anyway. Yeah. Thank uh, you. But, like, remember the Super Bowl that they had in New York a couple of years ago? Although, man, it wasn't even a couple of years. That, that damn, that's like pushing like 10 years. It was like years. 2013. Yeah, man, it was a long time ago. But remember they got hit with the snowstorm they like did. the next day? Yep. People always talk about this. Um, well, we used to talk about this when I was in Wisconsin doing morning radio. People would call in. They want to see a Super Bowl played at Lambeau Field. It's historic. And I love Lambeau Field. But no, 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 no. Like, the Super Bowl has to be a neutral field mm-hmm. where no weather conditions can take over the game. You know, I, I hate when people are like football weather. And yeah, like sometimes it's cool. Like I like a snow game or a mm-hmm. rain game. It's fun every once in a while. But in the most important game of the year, thank you. like if we get, let's say, Bills, Niners, Chiefs, Niners, I want to see, you know, good quarterback play. And I don't want to see the game decided by weather, sloppy conditions, crappy turnovers, fluky stuff. So uh, warm weather with a roof. Yeah. I think people think they want that until you actually watch that game. It's not a regular season game. A snow game in Buffalo, in Green Bay, in Chicago, I'm all in. Looks cool for, like, it, you know. I want good quality football. Yeah. I, I don't want somebody getting hurt, or I don't want the essentially the ability to throw the football to be taken away from a game. I want it to be full on. Yeah. Everybody plays a fast pace. You can use whatever your game plan is because it's about what's going on on the other side of the field, not what's going on in the sky. Exactly. I don't need any of that. Yeah. If I had it my way, they'd just rotate between New Orleans and Vegas every year. Yeah. Every, uh, just Miami deserves it, too. That's no, fine. Just put no, put it in the Vegas and New Orleans every year. PJ, Miami in February is amazing. I'll cover the one in Miami. Know, you guys do the other ones. But it's just New Orleans and Vegas are both stadiums that are downtown. They're walkable. No, there are I so know. many hotels. I know. It's just like the perfect venues for big events. And it's just... I'm just thinking of both, the cities in general. They both have roofs. No, I get you. 
I but you're right. I mean, yes, if you're talking about location, that's going to be – those are two of the best locations that you could have. Josh yeah. Young just had a two-run shot. Now it's a 5-2 Astros Uh-oh. lead. I was this close to betting the over 8.5, and, and I didn't do it. It's moved from 8.5 to now 10.5 just by that. Speaking of the NFL, I feel like – and you guys could correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. This is the toughest week ever it's toughest. In, I know. in Survivor. I tweeted that on Monday morning. I don't know what to do. You guys have to help me. I wanted to take the Packers, and now Ryan's scaring me. He's saying the Broncos are going to win. I don't, I don't think the Packers are good, right? I hear everybody on this network talk about, like, Jordan Love other than myself, and I don't, I don't know that Jordan Love's good. No, I don't think they're good either, but they're playing the Broncos. Yeah, I, don't think, I know that they're not good, but I just there's, there's, it's a one-and-a-half-point spread, no, and I feel I like everybody's it. looking I at Green it. Bay. I feel like I hear Green Bay, and then I, the other team I keep hearing about, and the team that I have circled right now, and I need to – I need to make my decision. Is the Raiders? No, the the Seahawks. Oh yeah, yeah. See, and are that's, they going to lose outright this weekend? I, I think they might. I'm I'm, affra- I'm afraid to see play, guys when we make it this far in Survivor, and there's games like the Seahawks, who are not like an elite team, but they're an okay team, and you know everybody's going to be on them. That's what scares me. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's going to be like if they win by thirty, I'm going to look like the dummy that didn't take it, and then I'm out here yeah. sweating thirteen ten Broncos Packers. I'll be honest, I like the Seahawks because I think the I think we're starting to see the Cardinals level out here. I I, I really do. I, I mean, you don't have James Conner out there. Yeah. I just think this is a team that had. Listen, they may be a maybe like the Cardinals plus seven and a half. Cool. But you're just looking for a winner here in Survivor. If you're trying to save the 49ers, if you're trying to save the Chiefs, if you're trying to save the Eagles, which most people like to do. You want to hold off as long as you can for those games later in the year when it's harder. I think the Seahawks may be one of the gr- the better spots because the Cardinals just don't. I mean, James Conner was a massive part of that offense. I mean, they came into last week, I think, with their second leading receiver having 48 total yards rushing. It's all about James Conner and then Joshua Dobbs. So I just think we're now looking at a Cardinals team and going – I think they kind of are who they are. They really are a one-in-five team, and they're fun, and they're sparky. But Seattle, especially with that secondary getting healthier, too, even with some concerns about Geno Smith and his consistency, I think you you hand the ball off to Kenneth Walker a consistent amount of times here, I think you're going to get yourself in a nice position to win that game. It's just crazy. Like, it's great for viewing purposes, right? But, like, there's no – there's only one favorite over a touchdown, and it's unfortunately the Bills who I've already used, and it's a divisional game on the road against the Patriots. If you hadn't used the Bills, would you use – the Bills this week? I probably would have, yeah, to be honest with you, because the other team I would look at would be San Francisco, but again, road game, and I want to see how healthy McCaffrey's going to mm-hmm. be, Debo's going to be, Trent Williams is going to be yeah. in this game, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, I just don't and the, the Vikings, the Vikings stink, but that's still a tough place to play. I know, and they play everybody close. Yeah. The bet that I love is Arizona first half, plus four and a half. They're five and one ATS in the first half this year. And the Rams were a very popular survivor play last week. Yeah. And I think Arizona could do the same thing, where they're winning at halftime. Yeah. All those entries are on Seattle. Everybody's freaking out, thinking, oh, my God, are they going to lose? And then I think they kind of wear them down at the end, and they might even cover that spread. But Arizona first half, I love that. I like that, too. See, these are the things I think about, though. Like, I can make the case for (laughs) Arizona winning this game, man, because, like, you got Dobbs, who knows his time is coming to an end. And he's most likely not a he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL probably ever again. Yeah. So he's got a couple more weeks, right? Because um, Kyler Murray's back at practice. I don't know if they're going to play him this year, but he's at least practicing. I think they'd be stupid to play him this year. I can make the case for Seattle to uh, be a little loose with the football because we just saw it last week. I know that Lou Anarumo is a defensive genius. Um, you know, really good coordinator, obviously for the Bengals, and their defense has been playing much better. But Geno, 
threw a couple picks in the red zone. Like, I thought Seattle was ultimately going to win that game because I ended up betting the Bengals last minute. I was like, all right, I'll buy low one more time. And Seattle had the ball four times in the red zone. Nothing happened. There were six combined points scored in the second half of that game. And I was, like, dozing in and off watching that one because they couldn't do anything. So who knows, man? A couple turnovers, a fluky game, divisional game. Maybe Arizona pulls off an upset. I don't, I don't know. This is a tough week. It's so tough that I'm like trying to maybe. That I was uh, talking myself almost into the Raiders. That's how bad. Oh, this week don't is. do that to yourself. Bears are bad though. Bears are bad, bad. And I was the guy that was like making the case for them before the season uh, to go over their win total. I mean, their their secondary is nonsense, and the offense is nonsense with Justin Fields. I watch more college football than anybody. You do too, Peach. I don't know who the hell this guy they're starting is. <laughs> no, either did I. <laughs> Look, I'm even considering the Atlanta Falcons. I think they went outright this week. Wouldn't it just be so, like, sports? Desmond Ritter loses his first home start, and then he wins his first road start, like, back-to-back weeks. Like, that's the kind of things I think Yeah, about. that actually is something you know that would I mean? make a like, lot of what, sense. Wouldn't that happen? Like, yeah. he lose on the road, and then he comes back and win. And I like this spot. Like, we saw it last week in the betting lines, right? There were games that were flip-flopping between two and a half and three. You had that Minnesota-Chicago game. You had that Cincinnati Seahawks game. Those games that went from two and a half to three, the favorites won. The only game that didn't do that last week was Washington, and Washington won outright against Atlanta. This line will not get to three. Like, I'm convinced we will not get an Atlanta plus three. Yeah. It's going to sit at two and a half all week. I think the, the Falcons are the right play. And, again, it's just like I think Ritter's going to finally win a game on the road now, so I'm considering them too. Yeah, like how the, hell, how the hell are we pricing the Buccaneers, right? You know what I mean? Like it's been all over the place. And why is this not three? That's a really good point, PJ. Mm-hmm. And also I think it's because, like, man, I mean, the, the NFL market's better than it's ever been, right? Like you're seeing that. They're taking away teaser options from us. We're seeing, like, crazy prices. I talked about this where, like, back in the day, like a road dog in some of these spots that would have been a six-point dog is now a three-point dog. You know, like, the market's really sharp right now. But I agree. I think Atlanta wins this game outright, and I think Tampa Bay is going to come back down to earth. I know we just talked to Detelier, and he kind of likes them in the NFC South. I don't really like the Saints. For me, it is Atlanta. Atlanta was the team I played their win total over. Defense has actually been pretty good against the run, and the secondary gets better every week with, you know, like Bates getting more familiar with the system. My only issue with Atlanta – has been Desmond Ritter, but at least Kyle Pitts got off the milk cart and caught a touchdown last week. But do you week. expect like that, that to happen every single week? You know, that that's the question. Is it going to be up and down? I do want to throw the team here because we only have like a minute left here. Uh, I know you guys aren't as high on them this week as I am, but you could also just look at the Browns against the Colts. I mean, that defense could be enough. And by the way, the Browns are still running the football well. They ran for, what, 164 yards yeah. this past week. I mean, that defense may be enough to carry them against. You know, they, they can do everything. And if you can shut down... Minshew Mania and Jonathan Taylor, who we don't know what type of carries he's going to get, might just be the Browns out right there too. I just hate the spot. Like, I the know Colts you do. Are coming off a bad. I like loss. the Ravens, but maybe the Colts are just a bad team. Oh, they, they don't. Worry, sometimes don't worry about the spot. Just look at it. The Browns. That defense is dominating teams right now, and they're riding that wave against the 49ers. Tristan, Nick, and Ryan are taking a break to catch up on their bets. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more on BetMGM tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from Becky. Interference on Sauce Gardner. So Mahomes and the Chiefs keep the drive going. They get a chip shot from Harrison Butler to win it. And even after the game, Jets head coach Robert Sala was just livid about that one call. I always hate it. Either way, I hate when... A crucial call like that comes at a at a critical time during the game. So, I don't know. Of course, Andy Reid said, no, it was definitely interference. Robert Sala was losing his mind. What did you think? 
Yeah, I think Robert Sala definitely had a reason to be mad because at best, mm -hmm. you know, I think if it's even questionable, obviously you are going to be mad because you want that call to go in your favor. Yeah. And you're right. You never want a game decided by a call like that, especially the type of comeback that the Jets had to wage in this one, and especially the game that we finally saw from Zach Wilson. I don't know what got into him in the second half, but the guy turned into, you know, Tom Brady's younger son in this game in the second half. So I think there are some little glimmers of hope for the Jets in this game. The fact that Zach Wilson actually looked like he could be a viable quarterback for the rest of the season, at least little glimpses of it. The defense still very solid. So I think this was a very deflating loss for a Jets team that it felt like this is a game that they should have won. Uh, maybe it's yeah. a matter of the pendulum swinging both ways. Because remember that epic comeback they had in the first week of the season when Aaron Rodgers went down? They stayed in that game. Yep. And even despite that huge gut punch, they stayed in the game and won it. It felt like another case of that last night. So you can't say that the Jets don't have any resiliency because it's not been the case. Yeah. They've been super tough to kind of put away in these situations. But, yes, this is a game that the Jets definitely felt like they could win, and it just slipped out of their fingers. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. You can ask, because you guys do that. There's things you know I'm not going to answer. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. James Franklin there got a big one against uh, Penn State. Uh, or against Penn State, good God, against buddy. Ohio State. I'm sitting here watching yeah. FIU and Sam Houston tied at 17 here. Let's go. I'm, I'm rooting for Sam Houston for you guys, all right? Thank I you, want Nick. you guys to get yourself a win here. We need a pick. Good, because yeah. we decided if they lose, we're going to beat you up after this. <laughs> well, I'm not concerned. I think we'll be okay. Tackle. I'll, All right. I'll just throw PJ at you, and it'll be fine. Uh, Astros <laughs> up 5-2 right now on the Rangers in the middle of the sixth inning. Uh, I mean, it's look, your Rangers are still hanging on here. That PJ, our Astros money line, though, we're... We're hanging on. We're it's hanging nice. on. I already cashed my Altuve to score a run. Yeah, you did. Run. That was yep. that was money. That's what that's what I'm doing. I'm just taking guys to score runs. You get plus money on it. Oh, and Scherzer only going four innings. I forgot. Under. Yeah, hit your bell. Under. Yeah. There you go. Hit Under on total bell. outs for Scherzer. There you go. What did I say about four innings for him? There you go. So, Ryan, are we gonna get a touchdown? I hope so, Peach. I'm worried that these schmucks are. No, they're not. They're on their own ten. All right, this guy we got a punt. To return this. Guys, that looks like a bad punt. It's about to get wild Ooh, in here. Yeah. Oh, Cats right. with the K. We, we're, we got Good the ball midfield. Position. Now, now we need six. We need seven. We cannot have three. No. Simple math here. They win this game by a field goal. Management, I apologize. <laughs> I'm ripping off this TV. I'm it's staring okay. at the beautiful face of Mike Lombardi, my good friend. 
Every Christmas, he sends me a direct message and a text, and he wishes me happy, Merry Christmas. Not happy Christmas. Yeah. Some people don't like it. Mm-hmm. I, I say Merry Christmas. Is that true? I swear. That's yeah, I'll, I'll pull nice. it up. And when my son actually broke his leg, Nathan, he was the first message. And he said, prayers for Nathan. Just a great guy. Nice guy. Yeah. And I also like him, though, he's because he's a hot take artist. And when we used to have him on all the time, we became like buddies. And he had a nice uh, name for Matt LaFleur. It was Matt La. You know what? You could you could go with the rest of it. And I always thought, man, he's kind of hard on Matt LaFleur. I like Matt LaFleur. I've come around with Lombardi. I think <laughs> Matt LaFleur may suck. But I got a little nickname for him, too. Matt LaFleur. Because he's soft. You know, he it's funny. He good, probably. Like there is, I was, it was actually listening on my way in here uh, to Grand Danny on 106.7 The Fan G&D? and Odyssey Station. Friends of show as well. Coming in one of our local DC stations here for Odyssey. And, um... I, I knew, like, this conversation had, had happened before, and it's been a narrative that I've heard. And it's the only reason it's because you mentioned Matt LaFleur here, so I have to bring this up. There are now, I think, six or seven former Washington Commanders slash Redskins slash football team offensive coaches at whatever level that are now either successful offensive coordinators or head coaches in the NFL. Yeah. From just the last 10 years. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan. Kevin O'Connell, Matt LaFleur, um, Sean McVay. Sean McVay, always, for, I mean, can't forget about him. Uh, um, God, uh, the offensive coordinator in, in Houston the right now. Yeah. The offensive coordinator in Houston right now. Uh, I mean, you go, again, there, there's more. I'm not going to bore everybody with the whole list. The point of this is you never know what you have in your organization, sometimes until it's too late, and then you miss out on sometimes, every, like, everybody's going to miss out once or twice. But when you've got an organization that's missed out on that, even if they weren't ready at that time, that they all go on to have success at some level with other teams as coordinators or head coaches, that's one of the biggest just slaps in the face to the type of culture that you have there, which is why when you say Matt LaFleur and how he's yeah. – trust me, dude. Didn't you guys hate Shanny when he was here, though? Mike McDaniel. Kyle Shannon. Oh, I didn't even mention Kyle Shannon. Good God. See, this is what I mean. Or did I mention? I can't even remember. Uh, I think you did. I think you mentioned Kyle first. Yeah, so it wasn't him. He's the Don of So the issue, the issue when, when Mike Shanahan was the head coach and Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Washington when RG3 well, was here. Well, they killed RG3. And that was one of the big issues. So there was so much going on behind the scenes with RG3 and wanting to come back week one after he tore his ACL. And his dad was very involved with the organization and way too close with the owner. Yeah. And there was a lot of going over the coach's heads, which created friction. And it just became a clash of personalities. And it was an utter disaster. So I remember Kyle Shanahan being mentioned at the time as a potential candidate to be the Eagles head coach. And I was like, Kyle Shanahan already? He's like 33. Little did we know, obviously, might yeah. be the greatest offensive court, offensive coach that we have in the NFL right now. Oh, yeah, Mike McDaniel, another one. Mike McDaniel was part of the organization, too. He was there as like a I, – I don't even remember what he – like. And it was there with with um, LaFleur and McVay and Kevin O'Connell. Like, yeah. He was there I, with all those guys, I can't man. remember if he was the – was he the offensive quality coach? Was quality, he the, I think he was, was the quality the control. Game coordinator. He got fired, he's, though. He's had a couple different titles. He got man, fired, yeah. That's that's the one that would hurt. Yeah, I mean, um, but that's how, like, it was back in the day, remember? Like, nobody wanted to hire the young coaches. And then yes. all of a sudden they all started going off the board, and it was McVay, it was Shanny, but – yeah, you just didn't see it, but I always and I would always say that though. I'd rather hire a guy maybe a year too early, you know, and then but rather than lose out on him. Like I would have hired went after Ben Johnson last year. 
I'm sorry. It's third nine for, I know, for you're Sam Houston. For this the Bearcats with a K. Right now, this is the focus. We don't even this need to do a full. We here. don't even need to do a full Horvat U here. It's fine we, because the Horvat U is going to oh, be FIU no. and Sam Houston. Oh, we, right, could, we could talk some Ohio do you wanna, State. Do you want to do that? Do you want to do that while we're in the process? I want to make sure you get your proper sweat and focus on this if we can. Let's do that. All right. Cue it up. Wind it up as Ryan's focused on Sam Houston. Let's do a little Horvat U for you. Time to paint the face and listen up. Class is in session at Horvat U. Let's do a a little Penn State, Ohio State. No, I'm just kidding. You scared me a little bit. They are are one for one tonight on fourth down conversion. So... I want to talk about this game really right, quick right. while PJ's here because I did bet the under, but it's gone. It's, it went from 48 and a half. That's been whacked. We're all the way down to 46. So I wouldn't play it at the current number, but I like Penn State in this game. A couple things that scare me a little bit because uh, I was high on Penn State coming into the season. Their offensive line hasn't been very good. And if you look at like the counting stats, I like both running backs, Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. I'm shocked to see that they're both averaging less than five yards per carry this season. Also, Penn State, I like Drew Aller outside the top 100 in explosive plays on offense. And now they're going against this Ohio State defense. Two top five defenses going at it. That's why I like the under. Um, I'm a little bit worried, and it's James Franklin in a big spot against Ryan Day, who I also usually don't trust, unless it's against Michigan post last two years. So that's the only thing that makes me a little bit nervous. Took the points with Penn State. I'd probably make this like a three, three-and-a-half-point game. I could see Ohio State winning, but I think it comes down to a field goal. I like Penn State this year. I think they're the biggest threat to Michigan in the Big Ten because I keep making the case for Ohio State's offense is starting to click. They still haven't put together a full four quarters, and I love the skill position players. Let's see who's actually healthy in this game. But Ohio State can't run the ball, and even if they can, I don't know that they're going to be able to against this Penn State front. Love Chop Robinson. And if they become one-dimensional, do you trust – McCord dropping back in this game 30-plus times, even with those receivers, against this Penn State secondary. I know they lost some guys like Joey Porter Jr., but they've been good. So I lean Penn State not only to win the game, but definitely to cover the game. That's why I played them. What do you think, Peach? Yeah, agreed. Love the under. It's a good play, even at 45-and-a-half. This game's going to be like 2017. First half under 23-and-a-half, also a good look. 21-17. Yeah, both these teams, too. You know, you think about Ohio State, and you think maybe like up-tempo. They kind of play at a slower pace. Penn State obviously does, too. This is the year for James Franklin, though. Like, this is the year they have to get it done. To Penn State's credit, the way they set up their schedule was kind of brilliant because they had their bye week three weeks ago. They played UMass last week, and now they get Ohio State this week. They've had three weeks to prepare for this game. Ohio State hasn't had that same kind of luxury. They had to prep for Maryland, who was undefeated at the time. Then they played Purdue last week, a place where they've struggled in the past. So they've really only gotten one week of full prep on Penn State, while the Nittany Lions have had three weeks getting ready for this game. This is the year for Franklin. You got the quarterback. You got the defense. Ohio State's down. So I like them plus four and a half. I like the under as well. I think they win the game outright. Yeah, I really like Penn State's defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz. Not so much as like a head coach, but as a coordinator. Love the game plan every week, man. And Ohio State is only rushing for 135 yards per game, four yards per carry. And even against Maryland last week, really couldn't get the run game going. And now you're going against a Penn State defense who right now, number one in success rate, number one in EPA per play. They're one of the better run defenses in all of college football. And if McCord's one-dimensional in this game, or the offenses, and you got to drop him back. I could see some turnovers in this game. The only thing that does scare me is James Franklin and uh, Drew Aller. Like, this is his 
He's had a road start, obviously. Since but this Illinois. Is, this is his yeah. first, like, real road test, right. an environment like this. Yeah, you know, they, at the played, shoe. they played at Illinois and Northwestern, but. Exactly. And North, yeah, and, like, Northwestern's the most boring <laughs> place on the planet. I covered the team for two years. There's not even a bar. Like, you can't tailgate, and all there is is a hot dog stand mm-hmm. across the street. So I always bet Northwestern is huge dogs in the early spot because I just feel like for any opposing team, that's the sleepiest spot in the country. And then, you know, champagne's fun to go out and partying or maybe like if you want to go to cams or go see a basketball game but a football game yeah it is what it is so i think that that's another thing that concerns me a little bit but i agree man like if james franklin's gonna win a big game it's gotta be here and it's gotta be against this ohio state team gotta be because they're not as good as michigan over this winning streak too that ohio state's had over penn state they've never scored fewer than 25 points this feels like the game where that could happen yeah yes yeah i just i gotta look at the injury report here so henderson missed last week and i mean like they're struggling to run the ball even with him on the field and then abuka yeah i I think he plays i think he at least gives it a go agreed yeah in but yeah how healthy is he going to be are they going to be able to hit explosive plays against this penn state defense i just i don't think so and i love marvin harrison but i mean even he's been dinged the last couple weeks you know it's funny usually in the weeks where like there are marquee games i don't bet a lot of them just because even though they're the biggest games like that doesn't mean you have to bet them but this week ryan and i agree like there are four games between ranked teams and we both like three of the sides we both like penn state we both like florida state against duke and we both like usc against utah yeah i think florida state i'm sorry florida state i think duke is going to be a really popular dog agreed and i think that there's a reason it went to 14 and a half i think what that's telling you is that riley leonard's most likely not going to play even if he plays man i mean his best quality is using his legs is he going to be able to do that if he's 60 percent no against that florida state defense i like a duke team total under like i think that's a good I think that's a good play, too. And I also kind of like, even though it's Mike Elko and that Duke defense, I kind of like a Florida State team total over. I think this might be a game where Jordan Travis looks to pad those stats a little bit, if he's healthy enough to. And Johnny Wilson's most likely going to play in this game. Yep. So um, I think they're going to be able to score some points. But, yeah, I like Florida State as favorites. And I like Penn State. Hopefully they don't let me down or I'm, I'm done with James Franklin forever. Did they it to may, me last year, not they, this year, James. They may be done with James Franklin too at this rate. You know, they, yeah. Uh, no, they're not. It's like the Ryan Day thing. I know. I gotta, I gotta see it. You gotta win those big games. Bet MGM tonight.